Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. And today on the show, I have my friend Jude from uh, a label called Kadasic, who is, uh, they're based out of the Philippines. Uh, and we talk about their goal of preserving a language through pop music. It's a, a very um, interesting record label. And it's so great to hear from uh, a, la- a label that operates a little bit differently. And of course, from a different country than we normally have on the show. And that's something I'm trying to do this year uh, is to share some new voices and to hear some different stories, which I think is really cool because it helps uh, a lot of us um, when we're running our record label to hear a completely unique situation in even different genres. And we talk about singing competitions and songwriting competitions on, on this show. And there's just different things that uh, or on this on this episode, and there's just different experiences I feel like we can learn from, even if we don't actually apply those um, actual techniques, or if the genre or the language doesn't completely relate to us, or if it's from a completely different continent, it it still can help us and teach us in different ways. And there's principles that we can pull from it. If before we dive into the interview, if you are still in the early stages of starting a record label, or if you have friends or loved ones who are uh, embarking on the ill-advised adventure of starting a record label, I'm just kidding. I think you should start a record label. Uh, Make sure you download our toolkit. um, And there are more resources coming. um, But right now, make sure you go to otherrecordlabels.com slash toolkit and download our free toolkit. And most of the free resources, even some of the stuff that's not on the website, is available in the toolkit. So if you're a new record label, uh, even if you've been around for a while, there are some pieces in here in this toolkit that you might find helpful. So go to otherrecordlabels.com slash toolkit. Well, it, it's so good to finally talk to you. It's been a couple of yeah. months. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry about last time. That's okay. I wasn't really anticipating that it would be that bad. Oh, how I, is I everything now? It was now? just the usual. It was. I thought it was just the usual typhoon that we have, <laughs> but then it was really serious. I had to send you screenshots. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry about no, that. No, <laughs> no, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you're okay. I was worried about you. I hadn't heard from you about a month after the last time you sent that email. And I thought, yeah, because <laughs> that's exactly a, a, around about that time that uh, we had no electricity for about a month. Oh, so my we goodness. We had our electricity back by the end of the month of uh, January. Oh, wow. So that was really terrible. That is terrible. Um, the last time we had that was, uh, I think, when I was a kid. Uh, that something like that happened. Oh, and uh, right now, well, yeah, it was the second time that we experienced something like that. Oh boy, that's brutal. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear things are getting back to normal. Yes, yes. Uh, we just, I, I think I mentioned uh, uh, three weeks ago or four weeks ago, uh, we got our internet back as well. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> terrible, I mean, right? I, that's <laughs> how, so terrible. How slow things. I know. I I would probably prefer the internet before power. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, How do you pronounce your label name? Can you help me out? It's uh, Kadasig. 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 Yes. Uh, In in it means inspiration. Oh, Uh, actually, it has it was a it has a lot of meanings. Uh, Kadasig could also mean support, inspiration. Uh, in another language here, it's also um, moving forward or fast forward. Oh, cool. So I, I, I like all that implications in the name. Yeah, yeah. Why, why did you choose that? Like what, what uh, you know, inspiration and, and moving forward, what, what did that mean to you as a record label? Yeah, uh, there's a really 
a good context behind this record label because yes. uh, what makes us unique is that this record label was um, uh, uh, built for a, a, a cause, uh, an advocacy. Okay. Uh, you, you see, here in the Philippines, um, our, most of our music are written in our national language, which is Tagalog, or uh, uh, officially we call it Filipino. Okay. But uh, really, Filipino is like uh, uh, the main language, which is Tagalog, and then they incorpor- we incorporate some of the words from the other languages. Because as you know, the Philippines is an archipelago, right? So there's lots of islands and we're divided by sure. water. So uh, each of these islands have their own languages and dialects. So in order to unify the country at a certain point in our history, uh, the, uh, we decided that we will have a national language. And that was a Filipino a Tagalog, which turned out to be Filipino later on. And so uh, as an effect of that... Um, in in the Visayas and Mindanao region of the Philippines, we have a uh, majority of the language, uh, the speakers speak Bisaya. Uh, it's another language. Mm-hmm. It's a, a totally different language uh, from Tagalog. Uh, it's not even a dialect of Tagalog. Like if you have a Tagalog speaker and you have a Bisaya speaker and you have them talk to each other, they wouldn't understand each other, okay. right? So, so it's a totally separate language. Yeah. And so... Uh, and, and and then uh, if you just talk about the numbers, uh, we're we're close to the second largest uh, n- uh, population of uh, speakers here in the Philippines. Uh, okay. In fact, um, there was a certain point that there were more uh, Bisaya speakers than Tagalog. It just so happened that a lot more people uh, understand Tagalog because it's the language that's being taught in the schools. Ah, okay. So so. Basically, if you're Bisaya, you would know how to speak in Tagalog because you're being taught in the school to 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 learn that uh, I language. I see. I see. So, so we have this uh, so, sort of subculture uh, of uh, uh, music that's written in in this language is called Bisaya, and so for a long time um, that. Uh, language or that those songs that were written in Bisaya were not really given that importance because uh, as yeah so because mainstream music is really uh, built on uh, the established language which is Tagalog so so that's why um, for a long time uh, there's been sort of like uh, negligence in terms of like <laughs> focus. Uh, in terms of the the songs that are being written in this language, so um, and and for a while also, people sort of think of Bisaya songs as traditional, old-fashioned. Oh, okay. Yes, because because as a lot of our popular songs are really the old songs, because uh, once mainstream music took over of uh, Philippine music. Um, a lot more people were writing in Tagalog I because see. it's uh, a lot more people understand the language, and obviously, in, in order for you to have a hit song, <laughs> uh, you would write in the national language. Right, so, right. So, so there was a time when uh, the Bisaya songs that were being produced were sort of patterned after the old songs because that's the only songs; those were the only songs that people are hearing on radio. Yes. Okay. So, I'm following. So, so there, there was that time when uh, we we were stuck with that uh uh and, and like what time situation what year like what what era are you talking about this is like um 
Uh, I'm not quite sure when Philipp- uh, OPM started. Uh, I think it's in the 1970s where it really uh, found its own path. Okay. Because the music before then, Filipinos were just trying to emulate what uh, Americans did, right? Okay. Uh, they, they, we were writing in English most of the time. So, and then there was a time when there was that national consciousness. Yeah. Uh, taking over and so a lot more people were writing in Tagalog or in their own uh, languages uh, particularly uh, yes that that main language is Tagalog so when did and so when did Bisaya and, start to be considered old-fashioned around that time okay. when um, uh, Tagalog uh, really infiltrated the mainstream music and uh, a lot more of our artists had their own identity so it's it's quite fashionable especially at the time to write in Tagalog because it tells you that you are being true to your Filipino identity okay so that that was sort of like the mentality then it was a good thing right because yeah. more artists were really finding their voice <laughs> uh, like uh, before that uh, we we used to peg our artists like um, the uh, the Elvis Presley of the Philippines uh. <laughs> so so a lot of the artists that we had back then, We're patterned after American right. artists. Sure. But at, that, at a certain point, at, at that point, uh, we had a lot more unique voices. But most of those artists were writing in the the national languages, Tagalog. So th- th- there's a good thing there because we the people are starting to have their own consciousness. But at the same time, there's a negative thing that's going on as well because the other languages were not uh, given attention mm. or there was not a lot... Of songs that were written in the other languages, and so there was for a long time, uh, uh, Bisaya music was really like pegged as traditional, old-fashioned. Sure. And so years after that, uh, also a lot of these artists and songwriters who are writing Bisaya, they, they evolve into this sort of underground movement. Because <laughs> there's always been like, a, uh, I'm sure you can relate. Um, There's that popular music that's on the radio, and there are the other songwriters, the other artists yeah. that are writing in their own way, expressing themselves in their own languages. And so we had that subculture of Bisaya music going on, while what we call OPM or original Filipino music, the more mainstream uh, a thread of music here in the Philippines, uh, they were writing in Tagalog. Okay. So all that all that time, even if the impression of the general public was like Bisaya music is old-fashioned. There, There's actually a lot of songwriters and artists that are really doing great work. It's just so happened that they were not given that much attention. So let me and, let me just ask yeah. you, Is was it um, like what kind of genres were, were, when you're talking about the Bisaya underground scene, was that like mostly pop music? There are still those who are writing in the traditional fashion, but there were others that were really going against the grind as well. And and in fact, uh, because uh, mainstream Filipino music has a sort of uh, a definite sound at that at that time. Yeah, uh, a lot of our artists here were writing or getting influenced elsewhere. They don't want to sound Tagalog or they don't oh. want to sound like OPM. Okay. Uh, they want to sound different. So a lot of our artists um, take inspiration from uh, 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 sorry. That's um, okay. Uh, the other Western influences yes. like uh, Britain or okay. not, 
not particularly American, but like British music yeah. or or new wave or those other kinds of genres that were not uh, in the mainstream at that time. I see, I see. So so we have that subculture, <laughs> and then a lot more people in Bisaya uh, were writing different kinds of genres because they were not really. As I said, there's that culture of like going against the mainstream. Yeah. So they would write in the other uh, types of genres that were not really um, uh, uh, mainstream sounding. Can I can I yeah. ask you? Um, was was radio uh, against Bisaya and 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 retail stores? Did they think that would they would they only play Tagalog music? Yes, there was a certain point. Not really that uh, they were outright against it, okay. but there was that like impression that it was subpar. Okay. Because, because uh, 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 as I mentioned, uh, Tagalog was the language that you hear on TV, on radio, uh. all the major platforms. So, and then there was also that uh, other depiction of the Bisaya in popular culture as the helper. The help, okay. <laughs> the maid. <laughs> okay. So, so because a lot of the Bisaya people were really coming from the provinces at the time, and back then um, there was not a lot of uh, urbanization in the provinces. Mm. But that is quite different right now, because uh, yes, uh, what people usually connect with Philippines is Manila, right? Right. So when you think of the Philippines, the capital city is Manila. So all of the urbanization is there. But right now, uh, in the past twenty years or so. A lot of the other cities have emerged as well. And one of those cities is Cebu City, where I'm at. And uh. Cebu City is sort of like the the capital of the Bisaya <laughs> people. So 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 then you you see that uh, there's that emergence of the other identities of the Philippines, which is rightfully so, because uh, as I said, the Philippines is an archipelago. We cannot be just represented by just one culture. We sure. are multicultured and we have different kinds of cultures going on in this country. And so talk to me about like this label being, having some sort of uh, mission to preserve Basaya. Is that, or to, or redefine Basaya? Is that true? Yes. Uh, both of those actually is to preserve and to, to also uh, redefine what the Bisaya music uh, would sound like. Mm. Um, so, so a little uh, uh, step before we, came upon the, or, or thought of establishing this record label, uh, I organized a songwriting contest called Vispop. Um, just like any, I'm sure you're familiar with songwriting contests. Yeah, sure. Um, we have those as well here in the Philippines. And in fact, it's a very popular kind of activity here. Um, okay. We have we have uh, one in Manila that's called Metropop. And there, there we have a lot of songwriting contests. And in, in Cebu, we had Cebu Pop as well. So... Um, we had all these songwriting contests, but um, what's particular about Vispop, what's unique about it is we really wanted, when we organized it, we wanted to change the way Bisaya uh, music is being consumed, uh, being perceived, and being produced. Mm. So so we wanted a different sound. We were looking for a different kind of uh, identity in terms of the music that we're producing. And so we organized that contest and... Uh, truth be told, we, we had a, it's a very small event. Uh, we 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 did it in a venue that could only allow 300 people at most, okay. and so it was just a small um, uh, event. But the effect came after. We didn't even realize it that uh, we did something so significant at the time. 
So after the event, obviously, we promoted the songs on social media. And this is back in the day when Facebook was so uh, uh, open okay. to like, uh, uh, like uh, it's it's easier for a song to get viral on Facebook at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that time. <laughs> yes, and 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 so we had this very unique cutting edge of Bisaya songs that were not sounding like anything anyone's, anyone has heard before in Bisaya music and even in OPM. Um, the the thing that made us unique is also, again, that culture of like going against mainstream OPM music, right? So we wa- we don't want to sound like uh, OPM. Uh, when I say OPM, it's uh, the, the tagline for the mainstream uh, Filipino music Uh, that's being done. Right. So, so when we produced uh, the Vis Pop songs, the first batch, particularly, we we're very conscious that we don't want it to sound like OPM. So, if in fact, in during the curation period, we would ask, is this something? Is, does this sound like OPM or does it sound like Cebu Pop? Right. Cebu Pop is like that other songwriting contest that was also churning out traditional songs. So that's one of our key element, our key factors. To determine if we would accept it as a Viz pop song or an uh, Viz pop finalist, right? So we had this. We uh, just uh, just to show you to you how small that event is. We only had six finalist songs. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh, usually, in tradition of songwriting contests here in the Philippines, we they usually pick 10 to 12 songs. Okay. And they release all of those 12 songs at the same time. So, but we had a problem, which was. Uh, money. <laughs> we lack money to produce uh, more songs, so we decided. Uh, I it was. I really suggested that we it, we can just cut it down to six songs, and uh, the justification is the money, but also because um, I, I I thought that it would be more efficient to promote just six songs. Because yeah, if if you release twelve songs. Uh, Maybe one or two would get noticed and the, yeah. the rest would be forgotten. But if you have six really solid and really different songs, in a way, each of these songs will find their own audience. And so there will be uh, much more attention to these songs. So yeah, so we, we organized that. And and after the event, it really just took uh, a life of its own. Wow. So, so, so radio picked it up. And they began playing it. And in fact, um, we started getting uh, radio airplay uh, in Cebu, in, in in Davao, in the Visayas and Mindanao region. And a year after that, we made it to the... Uh, one of our songs is Balay Ni Mayang. Uh, we, we made it to number two on their hit chart. And wow. this is in Manila. So this is... Uh, <laughs> the, 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 how do you call this? The... the Capital yeah, city yeah, of the Philippines, yeah. which is mostly populated by Tagalog-speaking people. So, so when we saw that happen, we re- realized that there's re- really there was really a need for Bisaya music to be have been represented a, in the mainstream. Would there have been other Bisaya songs on the charts, or would that was that the only Bisaya song? Um, th- as I said, there's always been this subculture of Bisaya music, so there's. Occasionally, there are a, a, a couple of songs that would hit it in the mainstream. Sure, but uh, it wouldn't really. Yes, they're they're really um, major achievements if you look at it uh, from a Bisaya perspective. But if if you look at it at a bigger uh, national level uh, perspective, um, 
there's just hits every now and then. Yeah, okay. It's not that. And so, but I think one of the things that contributed to that uh, 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 success is also because we had six songs, right? Right. So it was not just one song. It was six. It We had six songs to, to that were playing on radio. So I think it made a mark and uh, people began to notice. Can you explain and, to me, sorry to interrupt you. Can you explain sure. to me how the songwriting contest works and then how it, it kind of translated to, into a label? Like you're saying you had six songs and that you needed to invest in them. So people would, would submit these songs to the contest and then would you pay to have them recorded by the songwriter or by another artist? No, uh, we, we produce them. Okay. Uh, that's one of the, the, so they would the submit a demo. They would submit yes, a demo. They, yes. They would submit a rough demo. Ah. In fact, uh, what made us also different from the, the, all the mainstream songwriting contests at that time was that we really tell our entrants to submit rough demos. They can submit ah. phone recordings, <laughs> Yes, uh, we encourage those. That's cool. Uh, in fact, because because usually in in uh, the major songwriting contest, they would tell one of the the the, tri- the tips would given would be uh, to submit a fully uh, produced song. Right. So then you would have more chances of uh, getting noticed by the screeners. Okay. But in our songwriting contest, and we had really a good opportunity of telling the entrants beforehand because we organize songwriting workshops. Which is another key factor that we did that no other songwriting contest at the time uh, ever did was to hold songwriting workshops uh, to engage young people uh, in through these songwriting workshops and to tell them that we the organizers are really open to listening to uh, rough demos sure. and phone recordings. So so and- that was not an excuse. We did not give our young. <laughs> entrance any excuse yeah, not to yeah. join our contest so were they signed to yeah. your label then what those six people like how did that how did it become a label yeah so now now we had the songwriting contest and we had five years of that and the record label wasn't even established at that time okay so so this the record label happened midway i think 2016 uh this started 2013 and i think we started kadasig 2016 now Kadasig did not start out as a record label. We started out as a crowdfunding campaign. Because ah. uh, I, I saw the need, I, after three years of organizing the contest, I realized that uh, we need to produce more Bisaya songs uh, to sustain the level of interest. Because at that time, uh, so we started uh, for three years, we had six songs in a year, right? So, but, and all of these six songs will be released one time. I mean, all at the same time. So let's say if we, we had the finals night by June, so we release all of these songs in one month, and then after that, the interest sort of dies, dies down. Yeah. So I thought that there should be a complementary um, uh, uh, movement that would produce one song every month. And that's why we, I, I started the crowdfunding campaign, and I named it Kadasig. Because then uh, for the times, the months that we don't have the Vispop uh, uh, songwriting contest, We'll be producing one Bisaya song a month just to sustain the interest of people, and also that's cool because I am the organizer of the contest. Um, I would have material to guest yeah, <laughs> in <yeah>. the next <laughs> contest, right? So we, I don't have just six songs. I have also the other songs that we've been producing Amazing. all this time. So it, it's sort of like 
uh, complementing uh, uh, both projects were complementing each other. So now fast forward to like 2019 <laughs> and I think this pop ended uh, with uh, I think 2017. Okay. And then there and then and then uh Kadasi continued from then on and then that's the time when I realized that we're actually behaving like a, a, a record label already. So yeah. we just have to really just commit to it yeah. <laughs> by declaring that Kadasig is really a record label. So did yeah. when having a label have like a special cause, um, something beyond the music, uh, does it make it, did it make it harder or easier to find an audience? Like uh, because you were doing something that was outside the box, was, was it harder to convince people to check you out or, or did it actually make people pay attention? Yeah, I, I think it works both ways. For for people who are really proud of be, being a Bisaya, uh, I think uh, they could easily find us. But there's also that other uh, set of audience that do not really understand the language. So that's what's going against us. No? So, mm. so we have... Uh, and, and then this uh, movement right now is... We're still in the start of it. Sure. <laughs> we're not anywhere in the middle. We're still beginning because <laughs> we're we're at the point then we're also convincing the other people who do not speak Bisaya to appreciate the songs. Uh, so so right. yeah, th- those um, we have a very a solid uh, following that really love our songs because uh, they they feel heard and seen when they uh, hear the songs. Uh, and they they hear their language being uh, right. sung in those songs. Yeah. But we have also have a, a majority of people who really uh, couldn't be <laughs> um, because they do not really understand it. So so there's uh, there's a lot more difficulty to convince them to listen to the songs. But there's also this middle ground that we notice that's that's really starting up right now. We have a lot of Tagalog speakers who really like our songs because of the music. And uh, that's really exciting to see. You know, yeah. They listen to our songs, not understanding the language, but just appreciating the, the kind of music we're doing. And I, I think it's very, the best example for that is K-pop, right? <laughs> right, right. A lot of the K-pop fans do not really understand what those songs mean. That's true. That's a good point. Good parallel. Yes. Yeah. And and but another thing that we learned from K-pop, and we're also applying that slowly right now, um, is that um, what makes those K-pop songs charming to a lot of non-Korean uh, uh, audience is that uh, the, the K-pop song sort of mixes the language. There are English portions, there are uh, Korean portions, mm. and so they they mix languages, and that's the way. They also infiltrate the the other audiences, right, I guess. Right. And so we're doing that as well. Um, we're 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 experimenting right now on uh, having a Tagalog uh, English uh, Tagalog Bisaya song uh, in an English Bisaya song. Okay. Or and we have one particular song that we produced late last year that was a mix of English, Tagalog, and Korean. Wow. <laughs> and we, we we got noticed for that song. In fact, uh, it, uh, CNN Philippines picked that one song as one of the best songs of 
2021. Oh my goodness! Congratulations. <laughs> That's you, awesome. But, it, but it's it's not even a popular song. But we they just sort of like noticed the ingenuity. Of, yes, right. Of that song of the lyric. Yeah. Well, and and that that brings me to my next question about like the government and 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 the the country. I know here in Canada, we we have there's a huge effort, especially by you know the arts community and the indigenous community to preserve the indigenous languages that that we have in Canada and I mean there's like 70 of them and and they're getting lost because the people who know how to speak them are dying off and they aren't necessarily being taught and so there is a huge effort in the arts community as well as with the government and and government grants and I'm wondering do you have arts organizations uh, that are supporting you or, or or help you out because of what you're doing is important in in preserving this language Right now, uh, we don't really, we haven't really worked with uh, a government establishment as of this time. Sure. But we have uh, politicians that are supporting our cause. Okay. Uh, 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 independent, I mean, like just persons, <laughs> yeah, politicians, yeah. people with power that are supporting us. But as an establishment, uh, we haven't really explored that yet as well. Because I think also government here in the Philippines has still to recognize that even in general, artists are uh, sure. <laughs> yes. big contributing, uh, 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 yeah, uh, yeah, people to to society. Yeah. So, so we're still at the point wherein we're trying to convince uh, government, and I, I think that's also reflected in this new movement right now. Uh, we have a, a a movement to to establish a government institution that really focuses on the arts. Oh, great! And funny enough, uh, one of the inspirations for that movement was K-pop. Oh yes, that's <laughs> right. There's always been this impression, and you know, Filipinos are—we are a proud people. Yeah. <laughs> and we, there was a time when we thought that the Philippines was the best in Asia in terms of like producing mainstream uh, pop songs, <laughs> and, and and we really like we're we're. We felt, we feel right now that we are left behind. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so there's this general consciousness of the artist to organize something and to to put pressure in government to give support to the artists in the Philippines. So well, I think that's, that's a great also point. developing right now. That's yeah. a really good point. I hadn't thought of that, but it is actually a good thing for the economy and for tourism. Um, and it takes, sometimes it takes entertainment to reach other people. I mean, it's the same thing with Bollywood and it's, a, and, and with K-pop, uh, and, and even Japanese pop, it, it's, yeah, it, it kind of takes entertainment to to show your culture to other countries. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that is very cool. Well, I hope that works out. Uh, are, <laughs> That's still ongoing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm actually contributing to that. But uh, it it really takes a lot of time and patience for that to happen. Absolutely. Are certain formats more popular than others in the Philippines? Like how has the popularity of streaming grown in your country? And and what about things like CDs and cassette or or vinyl? Like is physical uh, music popular? Yeah, there's still, uh, particularly vinyl as, as, as far as I know, uh, uh, this is uh, just within my limited sure. uh, realm of consciousness in terms of like all, all this business going on. Because when we started Kadasig, uh, we were really just focused on the digital distribution. Yeah. Because uh, as I said, we, we didn't have a lot of money and funding. So we really, made, just because we we're really focused on that advocacy, um, it also took us time to like learn the the, best, the business yeah. uh, at this point. So, so... 
uh, we're focused just on the digital distribution. But I know that uh, there's a lot more people who are producing uh, vinyl CDs sure. as well. Um, is the is what the, was the first? Sorry, what was the first part of the question? Well, uh, I, that's what I was. I was just curious if the if the um, there was other uh, formats that people are interested in. Now, is Spotify the most popular uh, streaming platform? Yes, it is. Okay. In fact, um, it's it 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 comprises about eighty percent of oh wow uh, our listening. I know. Wow, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, platform. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's so mostly uh, uh, digital. Um, there's another thing that I notice also here in the Philippines, uh, because a lot of people, although yes, if you look at the numbers, uh, uh, majority of our listeners uh, listen to through Spotify, but for those who cannot afford Spotify, YouTube is actually a, a big. Uh, oh uh, yeah. Uh, uh, how do you call this? Well, uh, it's a, a discovery, right? Well. Yeah, a lot of people yes. use it as a way to listen, and 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 especially if it's free, or they'll use the ads yes. on it. Yeah, absolutely, that is true. Uh, that's very interesting. How so? so both both of those. So we have uh, Spotify and YouTube. Does uh, Spotify have uh, like a Philippines office that do they have a, a team that will um, curate uh, the, the music and, and like, is there like, you know, a, a curators that you can submit to? Um, what I know is we, uh, Singapore is the one that's really overseeing okay. the, the, I think the, the business of Spotify in Asia, but I think they have also Filipino curators in their team. Sure. That's what I know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I'm not particularly sure if they have really a head office here in the Philippines. Because a lot of times when we talk to Spotify, we really talk to the people in Singapore. Okay. Okay. And have they been supportive of, is there like a Basaya playlist or anything? Yeah, that's one of the the latest developments of of, of Spotify. They they recently just um, recognized Vispop as a genre back in 2019. Oh, nice! And so, the uh, we we have uh, Spotify have has this campaign of like year end uh, at the end of the year they 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 allow the listeners to post <laughs> what's their popular genre yeah. of the year. So they have this the year end uh, report, and uh, we, we were so proud that uh, when twenty uh, two thousand nineteen happened, um, they we see people posting that their uh, top genre of the year it was Vispop. Oh wow! And that's that's the really great thing about it, and I think that's what made a Vispop unique from all the other songwriting contests because. Um, really came into a time when there was no particular word that would uh, denote uh, mainstream Bisaya music. And so Vispop, the contest, uh, came, uh, people took that word and uh, used it to, to refer to the genre. And how do you spell, <laughs> how do you spell this, Vispop? V-I-S-P-O-P. Vispop, okay. And sorry, what does it stand for? Visayan, Visaya. Visayan yeah. pop. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. And 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 I'm I'm trying to piece it all together. And and does that is that just Visaya uh, language, or does that also include the Tagalog? No, if you say Vespop, it really this this is the genre that's really focused on just the language. Okay. It's a unique genre as well because uh, it 
if you say vis pop, it doesn't really refer to one kind of music because a lot of vis pop songs have different influences, right? I see. So, okay. So we have uh, jazzy vis pop songs. We have uh, uh, mainstream pop vis pop songs. We have folksy vis pop songs. But uh, what's the 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 connecting factor there is the language. Right. Right. So, yeah. And and. It's kind of interesting because, like, you pioneered this. Like, you're you're kind of like the 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 father of this genre. Is is that true? I, I wouldn't be the one to say that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I I was the proponent. I, yeah. I was the person who who suggested to do this and who organized everything. But I had partners along the way, and 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 it it would be mindless of me if I would. I wouldn't recognize other people's sure, contributions sure. to this as well, because really, what happened was a community effort. Yes, there was that initial idea, but it took a community to really um, bring this uh, forward and and to to for more people to appreciate it. So, so I have a team of musicians, uh, arrangers uh, who who do a lot of the production work. Um, I have a team of artists uh, who do the cover arts right, and, right. and and all the photography. I have a team of uh, uh, um, uh, vi- videographers who, who do the music videos. So a lot of people are really contributing to this. So to say to say that I am the <laughs> one, uh, I wouldn't so, be so brazen to, the, sure, to sure, sure. that. Well, I'll say it. You don't have to say it. But uh, so <laughs> tell me, um, what drives you to do this? Is it just the the, the you know bringing this language uh, and redefining this language or, or or you know what what is it that kind of uh, gets you up every day and, and continues? Uh, honestly, I I never thought it was never one of my dreams to be the person to organize this. Yeah, it was something that I just sort of uh, explored and 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 found out along the way. Uh, I I I had this TED talk that I mentioned. Um, I was a songwriter back then who really wanted to write a hit song in Tagalog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I started out. And then, but when I migrated back to Cebu and when I got in touch with the community and, and really the only way for me to be relevant in my community is to, to, to really uh, uh, sort of like could do something that would be uh, uh, used in the community. Right. So, so then we, we organized the, the songwriting contest and honestly, when I pitch the songwriting contest, it's only because I've been joining songwriting contest <laughs> the whole time. Uh, I've been oh, joining Metro Pop. I've been joining yeah, yeah. Himigandog and Cebu Pop. So it was this kind of culture that I knew so well that I know can be applied to Bisaya music and can be uh, sort of uh, uh, an, an inciting factor in, in, in promoting Bisaya music. Mm. And so, yeah, um, I never thought of... Uh, it was never one of my dreams or plans, but now that I'm in the mock of it, I'm in the in the middle of it. I, I'm really loving it, and and I, it's giving me a sense of purpose, actually. Yeah. And 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 the record label is just one of those steps sure. that we had to take. Um, another thing that we are making sure is that the artists that we are working with know their rights. Okay. Because uh, that's an, another thing that we we've, we've noticed is that. So many artists are 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 signing bad deals yeah, because they don't yeah. know yeah, what their sure. rights are. In fact, uh, this is a very funny uh, or or, or uh, silly thing. 
um, a lot of artists do not know the the basic idea of the separation of two properties of the the composition and the sound yeah, recording. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, yeah. yeah and, and I think if you go into the music industry, you should. That should be one of the first things that you know. Right. Right. But nobody's yeah. nobody really teaches you that. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's why. Uh, one of our advocacy is when we sign an artist, we really go through uh, with them the, the contracts that they're signing. So, so and also it's, it's a way, it's a sort of an exercise for us to educate whoever we sign that this is how we do uh, business in music. And so, so that's one of the first things that we point out to them. That is really cool. Yeah, and and I think it uh, a lot of labels, especially if you're working at your label every day and you've got your head, you know, in the sand and in music, we assume that these young artists know as much as we do, but there's a lot of like, you, you really have to teach them from the ground up, you know? Yeah. But there's also like, I'm not being cynical, but if, if if it's mostly a business person who is uh, transacting, they would think, nah, it's not within their responsibility, right? To, oh, to educate see. people. Right. And also it True. could benefit. If, if it benefits <laughs> the record label, why naive. would that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, That's right? That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, just being truthful about yeah. it. Uh, yeah. A lot more, That's, uh, uh, let's say, uh, record label people would like... Uh, uh, take advantage think that it should be the responsibility of the yes. songwriter or the right. artist that's right yeah that's true yeah yeah no that's true let me ask you what role does the international promotion play with your label is that something that you pursue do you try i mean we talked a little bit about the goal of maybe eventually becoming like k-pop but do you try to get your records covered by american press or or by you know european or uk or is that just not something you care about we do care about that because it, it would mean more revenue for us. Yes. Yeah. But as I said, we're just still at uh, the, the starting point. <laughs> so in fact, uh, just of, uh, right now with, that we're, we've talked about it, um, one of my meetings next week is to, is to forge a, a partnership with uh, an established marketing team. Uh, and and I, I think of it as the next level. It's the next step, uh, definitely for Vispop, is to bring Bisaya music First to the mainstream, yeah. me- meaning mainstream here in the Philippines, but also on the international stage. And and just to show to you that uh, it's really one of the things that we're eyeing. Um, I've been pushing uh, a, a band that I, I, I manage and produce, uh, Okaraga, to, to join this international songwriting contest. And in fact, uh, for the past two years, they've been a finalist in the international songwriting contest, uh-huh. if you're familiar with that. Uh, it's just vaguely, uh, not too much, no. Yeah, because uh, it, it's really my world, right? <laughs> I've okay, been, yeah, I, yeah. I said, I've been joining yeah. songwriting contests. So um, there's this uh, international songwriting contest, and we also been joining John Lennon songwriting contest. Yes, I know that and one, so yeah. They, yeah, so they've been uh, making it to the finals. And the, the trick there is we, we, we usually have them join the world music category. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because that, I... I I'm sorry, but uh, I guess uh, a lot of these are uh, the organizers of this international inter- international songwriting contest. They think that if it's not in English, then it's world music. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know that's and that's actually very yes, that is very North American, and and that is changing. I think that's changing, but yeah, that's that's uh, 
Well, I mean, maybe you, I guess you you think you probably have a better chance in that category, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. For now, that would do. But obviously, hopefully, we're hoping that uh, a lot more changes would would happen. Yeah, <laughs> I, you know, I I I think I'm unique, but I I don't really care too much about lyrics like even in english i'm not a i'm not a lyrics guy i don't love like i love melody far more than than lyrics and if i were to rank you know uh, what's important to me in a song it's like as a as a music fan speaking um it, it it's like melody production uh you know instrumentation and then lyrics or maybe vocalists and then lyrics are at the bottom. Yeah. That's just my opinion. My friends disagree with me. But that, to me, I love that because it opens me up to a lot of foreign language music, music that, of, of lyrics that I, I can't understand anyway. And uh, But I don't care because the vocals are beautiful and the melody is beautiful. So uh, to me, I kind of feel like, yeah, let's do away with this this world concept um, because it's to me, it's all it's all jazz or it's all pop or whatever. But uh, what we also point out to our artists and songwriters is that, uh, yes, because in, in our advocacy, there's a tendency to focus on the lyrics, but we always um, remind them that it's really the marriage between the music and the lyrics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you could have a wonderful set of lyrics and pair it with a mediocre yeah, <laughs> set yeah. of That's melodies, yeah. and, and that wouldn't work. Sure. Because uh, the song would really work if it, it works on both uh, uh uh, layers is the melody and the the lyrics. And so, yeah. is it um, uh, you know, when you're promoting a band like the one you're when you're speaking of, is is there any is there any point in sending that to American music blogs or or to Rolling Stone, or do you feel like they're just going to ignore it or or direct you to the the Asian version of of, of their blog? Right now, it's not one of our priorities, yeah, yeah. but definitely, um, I know it's it it's supposed to happen. If you're anywhere uh, like targeting to be successful in the international yeah. arena, I, it's one of the things that we need to do. But I think right now, uh, our key um, step is really to to build the audience in here in the Philippines first. Yeah, and so that's what we're 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 gunning well, for great. in the next five years. That's why we're partners, partnering with a lot of people uh, in the mainstream uh, to really bring this pop to the mainstream I, here in the Philippines. I think it's very important. I've said this to artists for many years, but I think it's very important to become a household name in your community as a musician, then a household name in your city and then in your province and in your country before you can try to be. A lot of, a lot of people say, I want to be an international superstar right away, <laughs> you know, but yeah. that, and that maybe happens one, one out of a million, but yes. I, I feel like it's far more important to, um, you know, to, to, to get, do that grassroots support of your hometown and your province or state and, and build up from there. That's really true, Scott, because I, I have a friend who also owns and runs a record label. Uh, you should check them out. It's Tutu Tango Records. Okay. And uh, but they're more focused really on producing English songs uh, uh, written by our local artists here. Uh, uh, that that's what made them different from us. So we were not sort of competing. <laughs> right. They are doing something different. And so uh, this friend of mine, Casky uh, Espina, who runs this re- record label, it's always been her goal as well to 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 teach the audience or the the listening audience here, our locals, to to really support the, the the local artists and and the way she says it 
is that um, it takes a village to make something like this sustainable and successful. Right. And the audience is part of that. It's not just the artist or the musician's uh, prerogative, but it's also the community. So uh, what they're doing is really educating the audience to participate in building that village that would uh, really help in growing uh, local Bisaya music. That's really local smart. Local music. So what so does... Th- I, I, I'm greatly influenced by her. Sure. And a lot of the things that I'm applying to Vispop, I, I actually learned from her. And and I, I think I invited her to the group as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll reach out to her for an interview. That'd be fun. Um, what does your promotional strategies look like then? Uh, are you going after radio playlisting? What's the like kind of what's the, at the top of your wish list when you're trying to promote a new single or a new record? Yeah, uh, first priority is really radio. Okay. So, um, and the good thing about it is because we are doing this as an advocacy, a lot of our DJs here in Cebu and in Davao. They, they are not really looking at the payola because, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a, a sort of a practice yeah. uh, for, for record labels to pay uh, radio to, pay, to play their songs. But since they see us an advocacy, they, they do not see us really as a money-making yeah. <laughs> venture. So, nice. so they actually allow a lot of our songs to be played, especially if uh, the songs get picked up by the audience and a lot of more people are uh, requesting for the song. Yeah. So radio is one of... Uh, one of those priority uh, partners that we have. But uh, as I said, um, a lot of our success really relied on social media. Mm. Um, and so when we started this pop back in 2013, the success of that was really due to uh, the shares on Facebook and uh, the, the shares on YouTube as well. So, so and, and I, I think, a lot of uh, my, my, my friends in the record industry would tell me not to post uh, complete songs on Facebook. But I tell them, you know, <laughs> it's really helping us right. if we put our songs on Facebook. <laughs> well, so If it's working. So, and, yeah. and at, this, at this point, it doesn't really factor in that much, right? Sure. Um, in fact, there's one strategy that we do is uh, um, a month before we release a song, we actually message all of our fans and just give them the song oh, <laughs> in wow. private. We give them free MP3s because at the back end, even if they have a copy of those MP3s, if they have a Spotify account, they'll still listen sure, to Spotify. Yeah. Right? So, and, so and they feel there's special. no loss. Yes. They feel special. And so yeah. you establish that relationship with your fans. But at the same time, you ask for them to 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 share the song on, on wherever, on all their social media platforms. So, so yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> That's really smart. That it it creates this reciprocity yeah. where they feel like now, because you treated them uh, special and gave them an advanced copy, now they have to return the favor and promote your song um, just because you kind of brought them in like a family member, a team member. Yes. Uh, that is a really great strategy. And, and and another layer of that is that we're engaging them as uh, a part of the advocacy. Uh, of of promoting Bisaya music, right. so it's we're not promoting just an artist. Yes, we're promoting that vocacy, and and they because they feel seen and heard through the song, so they they part, they're very willing to participate in that as well. I absolutely love um, this, and I and I talk about this a lot as a as a key element of promoting your record label is to have some sort of cause, some sort of mission pay, uh, statement, because people want to support other people. They want to support 
something that that uh, a company that shares their values. And so if you're just out there trying to promote your record label or even to promote the individual artists, it, it goes a lot uh, further if you can say what you're doing is promoting this language, is promoting our culture. That has a, I think that would form a much stronger connection with between the fans yes. and the music. Yes, because you're, you're not really selling to them, the artists. You're not even selling the songs. You're 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 engaging with them, yeah. with who they are as a person. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's very sincere because honestly, even our artists are not really in it for the money. Although we would appreciate <laughs> more <laughs> revenue, but but a lot of these artists are really brave in a way because uh, there's a really a chance to be more successful if you write in Tagalog or if you write in English. Yeah. Right. But uh, a lot of our artists really stick and commit to writing in Visaya songs, especially because they start, they started in Vispop and they've sort of become these pioneers already of the movement. Yeah. But at the same time, they, they, they really sincerely feel that uh, they need to express themselves in their own language. Interesting. And yeah, so you, you see the commitment from the artists as well. And they, they understand like uh, from a record label perspective, they would understand how we market them, their songs. So they wouldn't mind if the record label actually hands out free copies yeah, of sure. the MP3s to their fans because because they know that on the back end uh, it's gonna help them yeah. and it's gonna help uh, spread the the word about their songs. So it's one of those things that's very uh, unlike anything that any record label would do, but we do because uh, we have ad- advocacy and and we have a different way of attacking things. Let me let me ask you this. Um, people like me from North America are notoriously ignorant about other parts of the world. Uh, what do you wish the rest of the world understood about your label and, and, and understood about the music scene in your country? What would you want to tell them? I think, and I think it's something that everyone needs to learn as well, is that uh, representation matters, really. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're really this record label is really just focused on this very small set of people <laughs> who happen to speak Bisaya yeah. in this very unique language. Yeah, I love that. And so 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 and I think the key thing that everyone needs to learn is that um everyone needs to be heard. Yeah. And if there's any way for us even uh, if you put up a label or if you write a song that sort of represents that a uh, very particular set of people, because uh, the tendency is really to to market to the to the biggest audience, right? That's the tendency yeah, because sure. everyone wants to earn yeah, and yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. be popular. Wants to be popular, yeah. <laughs> but but also it it also you, you will have a sense of uh, accomplishment or 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 it, uh, you you would be contributing to society if you also think of the little guy, think of the small people who are uh. not represented and write for them. And, and and it's one of those things that really gives us uh, a great feeling about the thing that we're doing. No? So we, the response of people to the songs that we're producing are really genuine. And, and, and even those who do not understand our songs, some of them already appreciate and start to learn the language yeah. because of the songs. So th- that's, that's one of the things. And, you know, if, if people like, for example, Tagalog would try to learn uh, uh, Bisaya because of this Bispop song that he heard. I think it helps in like for these two sets of people at Tagalog and Bisaya to understand each other, right? Yeah, yeah. It I, starts the conversation. If you start learning another person's language, then you sort of understand that other person. Yeah. Because uh, really, 
a language really <laughs> embedded in that language is a culture. It's a different way of thinking uh, that another person if wouldn't understand if you do not learn the language. So, uh, yeah, I yeah. think that is really cool. I really think that that's a, a really great point and and something I I wasn't uh, I wasn't thinking of, but I love that. I think that's beautiful. Um, Jude, it's been so great to talk to you. I think what you're doing is incredible, and it's it's really been a huge honor to have you on the podcast today. It's I, I love what you're doing. Thank you, Scott. Thank you all for listening. To find out more about this record label and and to maybe go to their Spotify page and and follow one of their playlists or listen to some of the music we talked about in in, in the various different languages, go to kadasic.com. That's spelled K-A-D-A-S-I-G. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you follow this label on Instagram and you can follow us on Instagram at other record labels, at other record labels on Instagram. And we always tag the labels that I interview and so you can click through and follow a label. Not only does it help them, but you can learn from them as well. Um, I, I just want to say, as always, thank you so much for being a subscriber. And there are a, a lot of little things that you can do to support this show. First of all, I have an extended interview with Jude that is available only to our patrons, uh, patrons on Patreon. And you can become a patron for as little as $4 a month and you get access to weekly bonus episodes uh, and all of the previous bonus episodes that we have. So that might be something you consider. At the very least, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, then leave a review, a positive one, hopefully. Uh, you can now leave reviews on Spotify if you listen to your podcasts on Spotify. And if you listen to this on YouTube, which some people do, you can also leave a comment, like, and subscribe there as well. Thank you so much, as always, for being a listener. Go to otherrecordlabels.com slash toolkit to download our free toolkit. 